You have found the Behind the Lines podcast presented by BetMGM for NFL Week 7. My name is Steven Andres, Managing Editor at TheLines.com. Joined each and every week on this show by Christian Cipollini, Team Lead on the Sports Trading Department over at BetMGM. In this episode, we are going to look at the early week lines, spreads, and totals over at BetMGM for NFL Week 7. We'll also look at any early bets I may have placed into the account. And also we'll take a look at NFL MVP odds because it seems like nobody wants to win it at this juncture other than maybe Tua and the Dolphins when they're playing crap teams in the NFL. But nevertheless, Christian, great to have you back, my friend. How are you? I'm doing great. Our Phillies are doing great. So that it's good. Well, you know, I just won't talk about the Eagles. <laughs> fair enough fair enough yeah always <laughs> love a little red october baby and i'm hoping for some red november so we'll see we'll see but back to the topic at hand here sports betting in week number seven we always look ahead but first we look back in the week that was betting in the national football league for week number six and after in week five the public had its first winning week of the season how did they do in week six yeah, the book came back for a vengeance on this one because this is one of the one of the biggest book uh, one of the biggest NFL weekends we've ever had as a book. Wow. It was a, a massive one, a, a lot of good outcomes for the book. So, what were some of the ones where the public took it on the chin? I'm sure if you're listening at home, there's two right off the bat that you you could think of and pinpoint, and uh, that was the 49ers and the Eagles both losing. Uh, we were saying before the you know the week started, if, if we get one of those teams knocked off, that would be great. We'd end up having a good weekend. Getting both knocked off was was massive. They were both two of our biggest bet on games, uh, and we took ninety percent on both the 49ers and the Eagles. Those were huge. And then of course, even into Sunday night, Bills Giants. Um, we actually were taking a little bit more Giants money uh, than I expected. It was about like 65, 70%, but another massive result for us there as well. So those, those three were, were huge. Before we move on, I want to talk a bit about the 49ers Cleveland game and the way it looked for, from your perspective at the book and when the money was coming in, because I think there's an important lesson here for betters. Uh, we've talked about in the past, how the majority of the money that comes in on NFL betting comes in on Sunday, right? Was that also the case for the 49ers and Browns? Because we had so much line movement that week, but I know the, you know, traditionally the vast amount of public money will come in on a Sunday. Yeah. All the public money will come in Sunday. We end up taking like 80, 85% of what we end up finishing with all on Sunday. And then even like close to like 40, 50% can happen in the last hour. So that last hour like flies. But this was one week that is a very good example because that spread and total both moved five or six points each. Uh, it opened at 49ers minus four and a half, went all the way up to nine and a half. Obviously, Deshaun Watson being out played a, a role in that. But that total was at 42 and went all the way down to 36. So there's people that had way different numbers. Um, but if, I mean, if you had the 49ers, it didn't matter. But you could have gotten way different numbers on that one. Um, but it did move. And then, yeah, it, it just kept moving throughout the week. And then with no Deshaun Watson, uh, no one wanted to bet on the Browns and uh, didn't work out. Yeah, that That's why I ask you the question, because I think for novice betters, it's important that they realize and look at what the spread was at the start of the week and what it is if you're a casual better coming in and betting on Sunday, because no line moved more this season than that 49ers Cleveland line. In fact, going back to when they were playing Dallas on Sunday night, two and a halfs and threes were available on the 49ers for the following week's game against Cleveland. And then the Watson news comes out 
and there's a, a wind factor in the game, and the line gets ballooned all the way out to near 10. So all the casual betters, instead of three to five, are getting nine and a half, 10. Now, to your point, it didn't matter. The Niners lost outright. So everybody that had a Niners ticket lost. But yeah. the point is, knowing and recognizing line movement matters when you're betting on the NFL. There's a lot of sharp money and a lot of people with influence that are affecting these lines. And if you're coming in as a casual better on a Sunday and getting three to five points worse than what the line was in the early week, you may want to ask if that's a smart bet or not. That's all I'm saying. And the other thing too, is we talked about this last week. We're getting into the season in the NFL where wind becomes a factor, especially in Cleveland, maybe nowhere more does wind matter in than Cleveland games. So you have to start monitoring the weather report as well when you're starting to look at these games that are played in outdoor environments. So just some food for thought as we move forward here. All right, Christian, we talked about the bad. Is, was there any good for the public last week? Yeah, there was a couple. Um, Rams, Cardinals, we, we were taking mostly Rams money there. Uh, even the Raiders, Patriots, we were taking Patriots money. I was surprised. We took a ton of Bucks money. I thought for sure the Lions would have been one, but we ended up taking a lot of Bucks money. Um, and that one ended up being okay for us. I'm sure our friends in Michigan and Detroit were still betting on on their home team who won. Uh, but yeah, outside of that, there was not many more. Um, a couple last night we did we did lose last night, um, but some of that was just the way it worked out. But we were closer to fifty fifty. So yeah, not too many big ones at least. All right. Well, let's look forward now to week number seven, and and we'll see how things go now for the public after they have started the season uh, one and six. Uh, to start the year or one and five, sorry, one and five to start the year for the public. If we're doing book versus public overall in the NFL each week. And let's start with Thursday night football with again, another, I mean, the, the theme of this week will be quarterback injuries and what they mean to the spread. And we start right off with Jacksonville at new Orleans. Yeah. Saints are right now three point favorites. And that total is a low one at 39. And, of course, the news here, Trevor Lawrence, the Jaguars' starting quarterback, who is nursing a knee injury. The latest reports, as we record on Tuesday morning, are that it's not a serious long-term injury. Uh, it's being described as a knee sprain. Uh, Lawrence was optimistic about it after the game, but the subsequent reports from insiders after he had an MRI are that his status is up in the air. Uh, Christian, correct me if I'm wrong. The Jags were a small road favorite in this game before the yes. insider reports came out. And we've come back now about four and a half points the other way. So uh, you tell me if you disagree with this or if you agree with it. This line to me says that we are past 50-50. We're looking more like this is almost hedging three quarters of the way towards Lawrence not playing to get to the full three here with the Saints as a, as a home favorite. Yeah, this this is telling you right here, Trevor Lawrence isn't playing because this did open as Jaguars one and a half point favorites on the road. Now gone all the way to the Saints at three point favorites. Uh, this is where it'll be if once we get the news that Lawrence is confirmed out, it'll probably go to three and a half, maybe four, but probably not much more after that. This is pretty much probably essentially where it, it, uh, we're sitting, and it's just telling you, yeah, there's there's no Trevor Lawrence. And uh, if you look at the injury reports this week, that would be my number one main piece of advice. Monitor the insider reports because um, with a Thursday night game, it is a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday injury report for this one. And uh, Trevor Lawrence is oddly, 
somebody at the NFL may want to report this because Trevor Lawrence was not on the Monday injury report for the Jacksonville Jaguars. They have like more, at least a dozen names on this report. Uh, well, I, I take it back. They've only posted the Saints injury report for that. So I Jaguars didn't post an injury report whatsoever on their team website, which is I used to work for an NFL team. That's a rule. The teams have to post the injury report on their website. So I don't know why the Jags haven't done it yet. But um, so likely DMP again on Tuesday here coming for Trevor Lawrence. And then Wednesday will be the big day to see if he can get any practice in whatsoever. But to Christian's point, highly unlikely at this point that he's going to not play. If for whatever reason the report comes out that he is going to play, this line is going to move huge back back the other way. So there might be an opportunity there if people are paying attention and, and dialed into the news uh, the news carousel here that they might be able to get a good number here on Jacksonville. But at this point seems pretty likely that he's not going to play on a short week. Okay. Moving forward now to the Sunday early window kickoffs, the 1 PM Eastern time start times on week number seven. Yeah. Raiders bears. Another quarterback question here. Uh, Raiders are three point favorites on the road, 37 and a half point total Browns Colts. Browns are one and a half point favorites on the road. 39 point total bills patriots bills are eight and a half point road favorites with a 41 and a half point total commanders giants commanders are also road favorites by one and a half the 39 and a half point total falcons bucks bucks are two and a half point favorites and the low totals continue at 38 and a half last of the one o'clock is lions ravens where the ravens are three point favorites with a 42 point total Biggest thing I want to touch on here is uh, I think a lot of people are tempted to take teaser legs when you can get an underdog up through the seven and through the three with a low total of under 40. And there's a lot of candidates in this window that fit that. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you have the Buffalo Bills potentially down uh, lower than that at New England. You have the Indianapolis Colts, you can get up to seven and a half with a total of 39. You have the Chicago Bears potentially here with a low total of 37 and a half. Uh, I'm not not doing a lot of these. And the reason is because of the quarterback situation. The point of of teasers, especially six-point, two-leg teasers, the idea is that the points you're getting are valuable. And in a lot of these situations of the teaser legs you're going to take, how does anybody know? Even the Sharps, how, how, how can they be confident that the points they are getting are valuable? And the, the point of that, let, let's use an example. The Chicago Bears, very low total game. Undrafted rookie starting, potentially here, with, with Justin Fields out. How does anybody know what the spread should be for this game? Especially if, if Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to play on the other side. Nobody knows what the spread should be on that game. Same thing with the Atlanta Falcons. Are you really sure Desmond Ritter is not going to lose by double digits any given week if he just implodes? So um, just keep that in mind, that the most valuable teaser legs you can bet any given week are the ones where we feel really good about what that team is already. And we feel really good about what the opponent brings to that matchup. Just because it fits numerically doesn't mean that the points you're buying are as valuable as they are in, in in a traditional teaser leg. So just something to keep in mind there. Four o'clock window here, Christian. Yeah, Steelers, Rams. Rams are three-point home favorites with a 43-point total. Cardinals, Seahawks. Seahawks are seven-and-a-half-point favorites with a 44-and-a-half-point total. Packers, Broncos. Packers are one-and-a-half-point road favorites, 44-and-a-half-point total. 
And then last of the four o'clocks is Chargers Chiefs, a good one here. Chiefs are five and a half point favorites at home with a 49 point total. Well, now that I've told you about the teaser legs I hate this week, let me give you one I do like. I did tease the Seahawks down to one and a half uh, against the Cardinals. I feel pretty confident that Seattle just had a, a really unfortunate result against Cincinnati last week. Five red zone trips, uh, four of them goal-to-go situations where they walked away with only three points in that game against Cincinnati. I think um, if they play that game over again ten times, I wouldn't be surprised if Seattle wins it more than half the time. And they were a three-point dog in that one. So on the flip side, Arizona was a seven-point favorite on the road against the Rams last week in a place that doesn't have any real home field advantage. Now they are basically a half point to a point worse than that at a place in Seattle that does have a real home field advantage. I think we've seen the best of Arizona at this point. I think Seattle is going to be ultra-focused coming off a loss and realizing this is a game that they can't give away. So I think Seattle is the best teaser leg on the board this week. We also talked about them extensively in our NFL Survivor video if you want to go find that on our YouTube page as well. The dance partner goes back to the 1 o'clock window. I'm going to, I'm going to take um, – it's a little bit untraditional at this point because it's not 2.5, it's now 3, but I'm going to tease the Lions up here. Um, and the one thing I'll say is if you haven't bet this yet, just monitor the weather report, see if there's going to be any. It looks like no precipitation in Baltimore, but maybe some wind. If we're looking at winds higher than 20 miles per hour, that is that has typically been an issue for Jared Goff. If it's not that bad, then I, I like the teaser leg for the Lions. Um, we had a debate on the Beat the Closing Number podcast, Eli Hershkovich and myself. He likes the Ravens just as a straight bet this week. I like the Lions as a teaser leg. Maybe we both win, uh, but... I do think that traditionally in the past, it has been predictive of a team winning games by blowout fashion. And I know the Lions haven't played anybody all that great in the last four weeks, but they've also won each of those games by 14 plus points. And I don't know what it is about the Ravens. I think it's just their passing offense and Lamar. Statistically, they look like a second tier team in the NFL, just like the Lions. But it just seems inconsistent from watching their games over the past couple of weeks. They should have never lost the Steelers game. They should have won by a lot more than they did against the Titans. And I think it's because Lamar is just an inconsistent passer still. So I like the Lions here despite the running back injuries as a teaser leg. So Lions and Seahawks is the first teaser I bet this week. Christian, let's wrap things up here with the uh, primetime window for week number seven. Yeah, Sunday night, Eagles-Dolphins. Eagles are now one-and-a-half-point favorites at home with a 52-point total, our highest one of the week, so hopefully a good one Sunday night. And then Monday night, 49ers-Vikings. 49ers are six-and-a-half-point favorites on the road with a 44-point total. Just browsing the totals this week, uh, there have been times in years past where it wouldn't be uncommon to see several games with a total that's in the 50s. And this week... It's only Miami and Philadelphia. And I think this is kind of an overarching theme so far this season. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I mean, for sure. A, a lot of these numbers are, you know, due to quarterback questions and things like that. And it's also just kind of the way it works out where it's a good defense is playing the good offense and some of it keeps it lower. The only two here, you know, the Eagles Dolphins win obviously should be pretty high. But yeah, uh, unders, I think in general have been uh, up as a whole this season. Uh, I think more games have been trending towards the under so far. So it's the way it's been going. For me, I think you're seeing more zone defense too, uh, more too high safety looks that are taking away explosive plays. And uh, 
I'm sure if, if you're out there listening or watching, you watch as many NFL games as I do. You're watching Red Zone every week. You're seeing what I'm seeing. You're seeing teams offensively have to put together methodical long drives because defenses just aren't giving up the explosive play and one-on-one coverage on the outside. So um, I think that also plays into why we've seen lower scoring output overall in the NFL this year. So uh, I, I got to be honest with you, even though it's the Dolphins and the Eagles, the fact that it starts with a five, I may be betting the under in this game. And, um, you know, I, I, I haven't bet it yet. I'm going to do some more work on the game this week, and we'll see uh, when I do the NFL Megapod with Matt and Adam on Friday. And last note with the San Francisco-Minnesota game, um, I did bet Vikings plus seven in this game. Uh, it's down to six and a half now. Uh, but I would just kind of compare this to when the Vikings hosted the Chiefs a couple of weeks ago, and there was a ton of sharp action on Minnesota. And that line went all the way from, you know, a little bit more than a touchdown to a little bit more than a field goal, all the way down to three and a half. Now, Justin Jefferson played in that game. Christian, off the top of your head, how many points would you assign to Justin Jefferson? <laughs> he's he's got to be at least three. He's like closer to a quarterback, so he's got to be around three points. Yeah, I, I would say two, three wouldn't yeah. shock me in the least, especially how they looked without him in the first game against Chicago. Um, so you have to take that into account. But also on the flip side, the 49ers are without Christian McCaffrey. Maybe we'll see. I mean, right now they could be without Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, and their left tackle, Trent Williams. How many points would you give those three guys? Yes, yeah, no, yeah, those three is definitely a lot, <laughs> especially yeah. the way that that team works. Because obviously, the, you know, those two players being such a safety net for Brock Purdy, it makes everything easier for him. So once he doesn't have that on top of it, it's almost like you're you're they're they're the one team that it actually may be flipped. It's like them not having their quarterback with them having those two players. So yeah, I mean, it's definitely at least four or five points with those. I'd say as a 49ers fan, I agree. I think, I think it's a marriage. I think Brock Purdy has worked because of everything that's around him. So if those three key pieces are out three of the five biggest keys on that offense, the other two being Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle, it's a big question of what this offense is going to look like. So if those guys are out, I think it kind of washes the 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 issue of of the Vikings not having Justin Jefferson. So, should this line look more like it did when Kansas City was at Minnesota, closer to three and a half than it is seven? So, um, I think it's an interesting debate. I think we'll see you know what the injury report looks like for the 49ers, but I am not optimistic as we record here on Tuesday. I do think this line's coming down further as the week goes on. And we'll kind of see how it goes. The 49ers have a long-term view. I don't think if those guys are banged up, they have any incentive to go out and, and play them this week. Um, I know the, the the number one seed is a big thing, but they're tied for it right now, and they still have a game against the Eagles down the road. So yeah. um, plenty plenty of time to, to keep their eye on the prize in the postseason. So um, that's why I bet the Vikings at plus seven this week. Christian, let's wrap things up here with just a quick look at NFL MVP over at BetMGM. I love that you guys always keep this market up and available, even during games. It, it lets us see what the market's opinion is as these games are playing out. Also, what your opinion is as the book as you adjust prices as things are playing out. And it seems like nobody wants to win this at this point. No. So we're looking at... Co-favorites of Tua and Patrick Mahomes at plus 350, Josh Allen at plus 700 still, despite looking poor against New York and maybe having a shoulder issue. Jalen Hurts 8-1 to after he had a just a pull-your-hair-out-in-frustration interception against the Jets. 
Brock Purdy was up as high as seven to one off the Sunday night game. Comes right back down to ten to one after the win game in Cleveland, and Lamar Jackson at fourteen to one. And then the real interesting name at this point, Jared Goff at eighteen to one. This is quite the rise for Goff. He's really the big riser this week on this board. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, I think he was about thirty to one before. He's he's definitely rising up. I mean, the lines are five and one. If you're gonna project that they the 49ers have a tough schedule. The Eagles have a tough schedule coming up. If you're going to sit here and project that he is going to end up with the number one seed, he they will he will certainly be in that conversation at the end uh, come there. Obviously, a lot of things will play out in between there. But, yeah, the rest of the quarterbacks just have been, for one, shaky or just not blowing anyone out of the water. Two, you know, Maybe besides Tua, Tua is the only one out there that you could argue the other way. But um, he's the one, I guess, that hasn't looked as shaky as the rest at times. Um yeah, so it's a lot. It's, it's as open as it's been in a long time. Once the Lions get past this road game against Baltimore, home game against Las Vegas, then a bye week to get ready for a road game against the Chargers, and then some really easy opponents. Bears, Packers, at the Saints, Bears again, Denver, Minnesota, Dallas, and then Minnesota to close up the year. That is a pretty manageable slate of opponents kind of what we saw with the Eagles last year. And if you look yeah. statistically, Jared Goff sits right now uh, fifth in the league in passing yards. <clears throat> Touchdown-wise, he has 11 touchdowns to three interceptions. Compared that to the favorite right now in Tua, who has 14 passing touchdowns and five interceptions. And if we go by passer rating overall, Goff sits third in passer rating behind Tua and Brock Purdy. So... Um, it's it's there for the taking for anybody to go and get it. We've seen weird years where like Matt Ryan wins it based on efficiency numbers. So uh, mm -hmm. if they're going to let Jared Goff cook a little bit and they're going to win 15 games, then sir, I, I agree with you. I can't rule him out at this point. Um, and if nobody's going to blow anybody away statistically, yeah. maybe a guy like Joe Burrow isn't eliminated yet, even though his stats have been bad at this point. He's got the narrative coming back from injury. If he puts up some numbers, you know, Matthew Stafford, if they make a big run and win double-digit games and his stats are better than everybody else's, I wonder about him. And the last kind of like, you know, for the people that are wondering, well, none of the quarterbacks are good, so what about the other position players? I don't see it. McCaffrey's already dinged up. You might miss a game this week. I think the really the only way a non-quarterback can win this award is is if it's Tyree Kill with the Dolphins' historic offense, and then Tua, you know, gets hurt towards the end of the year, and Tyreek still puts up monster numbers with Mike White, the backup in there. I think that's really the only path for Tyreek Hill to win the award. Is there anybody, you know, is there anybody on the board here, Christian, that has your eye with how wide open this market is? Uh, I'll just go back to that real quick. Yeah, pretty much. A Cooper Cup showed us a couple of years ago. Uh, a, a wide receiver cannot win this award. Yeah, if Cup it's, didn't win it, who is? Right? No, no one will. Yeah, the own. You could make an argument for McCaffrey because at least at times he makes his own stats. So it's not everything tied to Purdy. He you know runs the ball. And he's an elusive runner. Um, so he could change it there. But yeah, Tyree Kill. I mean, that's why his his price is still so high because at any stat he gets is also attributed to a. Um, so it's it's really tough there. But yeah, the more we talked about golf, though, if they end up that one seed, he is for sure. I mean, that would mean he played well if they end up in that one seed. But that would mean he played well, but he would definitely be a top three MVP candidate if that's how, you know, this thing shakes out, which in the way it's looking, that that's plausible at this point. 
Yeah, and I think I was surprised that they let him cook as much as they did last week. I don't think we've seen that a lot from the Lions in the Dan Campbell era where they come out and they let Goff throw 44 times at Tampa Bay on Sunday, which surprised me a little bit. So 353 yeah. yards and two touchdowns, no picks at Tampa Bay. So MVP's fascinating right now. We'll see how it plays yeah. out. But as always, Christian, we appreciate the insights, the valuable information from behind the scenes there over at BetMGM. Uh, we hope everybody enjoyed the podcast. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Best of luck with all your bets in week number seven.